Welcome, everyone, to the Wednesday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am your host, Tyler Crawley, as always, and we are going to be starting with the retail numbers for April, and spending was up, but it was up exactly as they had projected, they being, of course, economists. So month over month, advanced estimates of U.S. retail and food services sales were up 0.9% to $677 billion, which is exactly what economists had projected was going to happen. However, I, I'll tell you, I did see, I swear before these numbers came out, the projection I saw was 0.8%. And then the numbers came out, and then I saw some people said, well, no, actually, they were hoping for or projecting 1%. So I actually don't know what the official projection was, but most are saying 0.9, so they hit the nail on the head. And then year over year, retail spending was up 8.2% compared to the same time last year, which was up big from the 7.3% number that we saw in March. So all in all, a good April report. However, it was what everyone was expecting. So it's not good. It's not bad. It's exactly where you want it to be. And the category that led at least month over month was miscellaneous store retailers, which is like my favorite category because I never know what that is. So I actually finally looked it up and apparently it's like specialized shops. And the example that they actually gave was tombstones. <laughs> they're like they're like artificial limbs, tombstones. <laughs> I'm like, what is this? Are miscellaneous stores for old people? Artificial limbs and tombstones. No, apparently it's like specialized shops. So that's that's what miscellaneous stores are. They had the best month. Sales were up four percent month over month, followed by, of course, motor vehicle and parts dealers. They were up two point two percent. And then online retailers, which have been sliding as of recent, you know, we hit the high of the pandemic, everyone was stuck at home, everyone was buying online. And as things have slowly reopened, the online retailers have taken somewhat of a hit. However, not the case in April, up 2.1%. And year over year, despite a 2% drop month over month, gas stations are still having the best year, GI. Wonder why sales are up 36.9%, but you do need to look at what's happening with gas prices are up 43.6%. So actually you may be able to argue that gas station sales are down somewhat because you, assuming you own a gas station, you'd like your sales to match what is happening with the most visible product that you are selling at your shop. So if your gas station looking at gas prices and the fact that sales are actually down from where gas prices are, that could be a sign that people are not buying as much gas. That would be, I think, a smart assumption. So a little bit down from where they were last year. Uh, this is followed by restaurants. We're up almost 20% at 19.8%. And then my favorite category, once again, miscellaneous store retailers having a great year up 18.6%. And there's something that's important to remember when you're talking about retail spending because retail spending is not adjusted for inflation. So we are looking at just sort of the nominal spending, the nominal numbers. We're looking at the raw data. It has not been adjusted. And that's important because we do know what prices 
were in April, the latest CPI print had prices up only 0.3% month over month. So you could look at that and say, oh, well, sales are up 0.9% versus 0.3%. So retail spending is up. True, maybe you could make that argument. The problem is you really got to look at the year over year number because months are going to fluctuate. So sure, April, things may have actually been better. People were more optimistic in April, but year over year, the CPI print is 8.3% in April versus an increase of 8.2% year over year of retail spending, which means when you adjust for inflation, retail spending is actually down year over year by 0.1%. So it gives you an idea that a lot of what we are seeing is price increases. And Lynn Alden, the founder of Lynn Alden Investment Strategy, noted on Twitter, the base effects from spring 2021 admittedly make it look worse than it is, but still, a lot of these gains are just price spikes, not volume. And that's, you know, that's important because a lot of people look to retail spending and they look at that as sort of looking at consumer confidence. And so when you see these big numbers, everyone goes, "Ooh, Consumers are confident, they're happy, they're out there spending money, but the reality is they're spending more money, but they're not getting any new products. They're just continuing their standard of living. So it's remaining stagnant, if not falling just a little bit. So that's why these numbers can be a little misleading because they are not adjusted for inflation. So that's kind of one of the uh, important reminders when looking at retail spending. And then speaking of prices going up, the CPI print was 8.3% year over year. One of the categories that is, well, outpacing that by a good amount, rent prices. They are way up year over year. And that was definitely the case in March. This according to the CoreLogic Single Family Rent Index Reports, which not only is continuing a record pace, actually saw a record broke or broke in in March. There'd be a record broken in March because year over year, the average rent was up 13.6%. That's a 13.6% increase year over year. That is up from the 13.1% increase that we saw in February. And when you put this in context, so the year over year increase is triple the year over year increase that we saw in March, 2021 and quadruple the year over year increase that we saw in March of 2020. And not surprising, Miami, that's Miami, Florida, continues to lead the way a just crazy 40.7% year over year gain that is 10 times the March 2021 growth rate. It's, I couldn't even finish that sentence because just how crazy 40.7% year over year. I mean, can you imagine that? Can you imagine getting an apartment And then when you go to renew the next year, rents have jumped 40%. That's just, that's, that's crazy. Uh, Orlando, Florida was number two, (laughs) distant second at 24.6% growth, followed by Phoenix, Arizona, 
up 18.6%. Only 18.6%. Gosh. 40.7%. It's just, it's just, it's nuts. Uh, and if you're going to try and find a silver lining in this report, I guess this would be one of the silver linings. The lower price tiers. So there's there's four tiers. There's the higher price, the you know most expensive. And then you have the higher middle, lower middle, and then lower priced. So if you're talking about affordable housing, this is the category in which they would be. The one silver lining is that lower price tier rentals saw the least appreciation of all the categories up only 12.4% year over year, which compares to the 3.3% increase that they had in March of 2021. Higher price tiers were up 13% year over year. Lower middle price tiers were up 14.1% and the higher middle priced were up 14.6%. And it's really not that big of a silver lining because I do want to point out that even though the lower price tier saw the smallest year over year increase in comparison to the price growth that they saw a year ago, they actually had the biggest jump. They were up 375% versus the rate of growth in 2021 versus say the higher price tier, which only saw 245% growth based on that same time period. So rents are are skyrocketing. And this, you know, this is single family rents, so this is sort of a you know, very descriptive category. It's a very particular category, I should say. And so you could see some difference between what we're seeing overall with the rental markets, but this is something that's infecting or impacting families, families who live in single family residences but are renting and maybe would like to buy but because of what's happened with mortgage rates and home prices they can't move and so instead they're stuck where they are they can't buy a home and now they're seeing just gigantic increases in rent and that's why we're having this discussion it's why president joe biden released his plan to try and do something about housing this is why I mean, 13.5% is just, it's a crazy year over year. I mean, I just couldn't imagine being in Miami. I mean, just 40.7%. It's just, it's nuts. It, we we got to build. I mean, we we have to build. We And so that's why I was glad to see the plan by the Biden administration. I mean, I didn't love all of it, but I did love some of the ideas about making it easier to build, getting, removing red tape incentivizing new zoning regulations. Maybe instead of one single family house, you got you know two townhouses. All of a sudden you can house twice as many families. Those are the kind of ideas that we need to change what is happening. Cause we're building, I mean, we're building out there, but it takes a while. We're having supply chain issues. And so the more innovative and the more we can help encourage building, the better, cause we got it. I mean, this, this is just, not sustainable. It, it isn't. And so luckily we are seeing a slowdown. And so hopefully the slowdown that we're seeing in housing will make its way to rent. But because we saw housing jump before the rental market, I'm assuming there's also going to be a lag when it comes to the slowdown, unfortunately. So it might take a little while for the rental markets to feel that. All right, we got to go. You guys enjoy your Wednesday We'll be back here Thursday morning for another edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. And as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait.